This is the Best of the Adam Gold Show podcast, brought to you by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. Draymond Green, shockingly, it's never happened before, ejected from the Warriors game against the Suns last night for uh, throwing a punch. It wasn't the greatest punch, but it was a punch. And I don't think it was, even if it was unintentional, it was still a punch. Look, leave the spinning back fists in the cage, right. not on the That's court. Right. That's right. And, uh, and it was his third ejection. And I don't know that this is ever going to get better, but as Steve Kerr said, he lost his poise. That is just one of the things we are going to discuss with my friend Kanata Edwards, at Nata the Scribe on Twitter. My man, what's going on? Not much, not much. Speaking of which, when I initially saw that, I was actually working on day job stuff at night because, again, it's the choir set night, so you get a whole bunch of stuff. Sure. And I look down, and the next thing I see is Yusuf Nurkic on the ground. And I'm just like, what did Draymond do now? <laughs> that, that's the knee-jerk reaction is, though, what did he do now? Uh, yeah. Look, no matter what uh, – is anything that they do the, that the NBA is likely to do going to change Draymond Green's behavior? Um, likely to do implies that they're not going to suspend him until 2024, which I, is what my hope is. But likely to do means that he'll probably be back for Christmas, which, which to answer your question means no, because they're not going to do much. They, and at this point, he's been proven to be untouchable. Like the last time, like every single time that Draymond has come up with adversity or has had a rift with somebody or friction with somebody, Outside of Steve Kerr, Draymond has won. The NBA mm -hmm. and the Golden State Warriors have enabled this behavior for God knows how long, and we cannot be surprised when the Tiger goes Tiger to quote, quote Chris Rock. So does the, does the discipline, and it doesn't even have to come in the form of anything other than, um, I guess, a conversation. Does that have to come from within? And I don't mean Steve Kerr. Does that have to be Steph Curry? Does that have to be Clay Thompson? Uh, because we saw what happened when Draymond and Kevin Durant got into it. Uh, Draymond got the support. It certainly from the front office. Does it have to be Steph that does this? Yes, absolutely, it has to be Steph going to Mike Dunleavy Jr. and saying, "We can't do this anymore," and then it becomes a, what do you get? How many pennies on the dollar are you trading Mr. Draymond Green for at this point? That's the conversation. That's the only way this conversation starts. That's the only way this conversation ends. If Steph decides, I don't want to do this anymore. I, want to, I don't want to waste the last of my MVP caliber years mm. doing this. So I completely understand that at this point. It's hard to believe that you look down and the Warriors are outside even the uh, the play-in tournament. Uh, are their problems deeper than Draymond Green? Yes, 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 yes. Like, the thing is, we talk about, like, we obviously talk about the Hornets and their issues drafting. Though, let's be real here. The Warriors missed on James Wiseman and missed badly. Mm -hmm. Like, let's say, let's say it's Patrick Williams. Let's say it's Tyrese Halliburton. Let's say it's even Denny Advia. Like, if they get somebody that can 
just capably contribute. This team is still in the final. This team is still final caliber. This team is still playoff caliber. Yeah. At this point, missing on Wiseman and then trading him for pennies on the dollar. And I like Gary Payton Jr. Gary Payton the second, but that's pennies. That's quite literally pennies on the dollar. Like they sold low. They didn't get anything back, and now they have a talent problem on top of which Andrew Wiggins has gone back to being regular old Minnesota Timberwolves <laughs> level Andrew Wiggins, which is decent guy, but you're probably paying four times more than you actually should for the guy. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. But I, I will say this. When uh, when Andrew when um, James Wiseman was coming out, uh, I was no fan. I was absolutely no fan of James Wiseman. Let me uh let me move on to LeBron James and company celebrating uh the in-season tournament which I am a fan of. Uh yes. I I laugh at the pushback because people are like why are you celebrating? Why was there champagne? Like wait a second. They just want a trophy. I don't care what you think of the trophy. They were handed out a trophy. They had they brought everybody to Vegas. They brought four teams to Vegas and played three total games so somebody could win a trophy. Why shouldn't the Lakers celebrate that? I got a better analogy for the, for this. Like for certain jobs and even in media, if you hit a certain quota of clicks, impressions, ratings, whatever, you trigger a Christmas bonus. Right. Imagine your bonus being $500,000. <laughs> How happy are you going to be? <laughs> Just think about it in that moment. If I'm getting $500,000, and mind you, not in like not titrated or anything else like that, not broken up, $500,000 lump sum the day after I trigger that Christmas bonus. How happy are you? Like, I'm celebrating. I'm doing cartwheels. I'm breaking out the champagne. Oh, yeah. And the company's paying for the champagne? You mean that's not coming out of my $500,000 either? I'm, I'm not supposed to celebrate? I'm sorry. I thought this was America. All right, but let's just assume that LeBron James uh, is taking home about $100 million this year. Even, <laughs> Does the, that man, here's the thing, Adam. Like, again, we know through multiple stories that that man streams Pandora with the ads on. <laughs> Think about that for a second. There are multiple stories about the legit cheapness of LeBron James, and we're out here expecting right. him to be not be excited about five hundred thousand dollars. I'm sorry, <laughs> that doesn't follow the movie. You know, here's here's what I here's what I don't want to hear. I don't want to hear that he's a bad tipper. I don't want to hear that. I hope I hope and pray that he is not a bad tipper. Here's the thing I about don't think he's a bad tipper. Okay, I good. Don't I don't tipper. care how cheap you are as long as you're a uh, at, at least a normal level tipper. Here, here's the thing about LeBron winning. I think it mattered to him to win the first one. I don't think it would matter if it was the second one. I don't think. I mean, he probably would like to win two in a row. Maybe he wants to win all of them. Um, but I think it mattered to him to win the first one. I do think that everybody uh, who was talking it up was doing a sell job, but that's okay because I I mean, if you want to sell what your league is selling and it's not hurting you and it clearly didn't hurt anybody, then go ahead and do it. Uh, they're trying to make this thing uh, something that will be uh, really attractive to another uh, broadcast 
uh, package, right? They want to maybe sell all of these in-season tournament games to one network, and you're going to get all of these games. I do wish they'd get rid of the courts. I thought the courts were an assault on the senses. Uh, The commissioner is trying to pretend that he's all about it, but I don't believe him uh, because I don't think Adam Silver uh, is into that, but that's fine. Uh, But I, I just, I don't get the pushback other than people didn't, themselves didn't care about it. That's the thing. I, I, for all intents and purposes, we agree about the in-season tournament being a success. As far as LeBron caring about it, I agree. This is a guy that has always said, I am chasing ghosts. I am chasing the legacy yeah. of Michael Jordan. I am. He is a legacy guy at this point, and especially at the age of 40, I don't necessarily blame him. He's a guy that cares about how his image goes and he cares about setting the tone. On top of that, me and you watch the FA Cup, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. We, we know what it's about. We know. Now, mind you, the FA Cup has had 150 years to establish <laughs> itself. The Champions League has had 70 years to establish itself. This is just year one. We had, for the most part, guys take it serious in a way that we haven't seen it. You saw star participation almost at 75 to 80%, which is a lot higher, especially in December, mm-hmm. in like November and December. We had guys out there playing de facto playoff games. And why are we out here? Compl- and mind you, this is in November. This is not in like March, April, May. No, we had de facto playoff games, playoff-like intensity, and we're just poo-pooing it away because I can tell you what the other side looks like. It looks like... January, February, where a lot of these guys are in the dog days and they don't care. And I don't understand how we, how we got to this place where we're poo-poo-pooing bad, I mean, just honestly, great basketball for a good month and a half. I'm, I'm with you. It added meaning to games that people would otherwise have gone, yeah, okay, whatever. But it mattered. Th- these games c- yeah. just carried a little bit more weight. I want the NHL to do it. I want Major League Baseball to do it. Uh, And I think both of those sports will benefit from it. All right, final thing. We don't talk a ton on this program about the Charlotte Hornets, but I am curious about this. Uh, When they're 7 and 14, they're not, maybe they're not that far away from a play in tournament. I don't even know if it would benefit them to be in that play in tournament or not. Probably can't hurt. Uh, But they're going to have some decisions to make. With their roster, I believe they've got some pieces that I think can be big parts of whatever the future is, whether it's LaMelo Ball uh, or uh, Mark Williams. There are definitely some pieces there, and I know they hope that Brandon Miller is definitely one of those. But what do you do when you get to the deadline with Miles Bridges, Terry Rozier, Gordon Hayward, uh, those players? Adam Golden Studio with my man, Coach Pete DeRuta, Capital Financial Advisory Group. Financial advice industry can be overwhelming for a lot of people. Is there a way to be sure you're getting the best service when you don't know? Yeah, Adam, it's not just if you gave the money to a planning team and they did good the first year. I mean, anyone can do good for one year, but it's a track record and it's a long-term accounts that are very important. We call that a financial fill-up strategy, Adam, and that gives you lifetime income you can never outlive. We'll put together for you, the listener, your very own total retirement plan. If you call right now. Call and claim your comprehensive review with Coach Pete and the team, 888-843-0013, or text ADAM to 600-700. Adam Gold is a paid spokesman. Investment advisory services offered by Capital Financial Advisory Group, a North Carolina registered investment advisor. Well, let's start it off with Gordon Hayward. 
Gordon Hayward is a $30 million expiring contract. Gordon Hayward is now more valuable to the Charlotte Hornets as an expiring contract than he is potentially to any other team at this point. Because with this new CBA, once you get over the second tax apron, you're not allowed to get into the buyout market. You're not. It's an incredibly restrictive place that teams just generally do not want to be. So unless you're seeing a team offer, I'm not going to say like a Drew Holiday-like package, but something similar. If you're not getting multiple first-round picks, they're probably not going to deal and take on some additional salary when you can take on more salary in the summer and do something else. Okay. Terry Rozier is another one. Terry Rozier is one of those guys where, if I'm if I'm honest, I'll probably tell you he's more likely to go than Gordon at this point because the man is averaging 24 and eight <laughs> on the season. Now, granted, he's been he's been banged up again. He's been banged up, but he, but he's been the most consistent guy. And there's always going to be that one team that thinks they need that bench scoring that Terry Rozier yeah. can do and has familiarity with doing because he did it in Boston. He is actually going to be a lot. I think he's going to be more pursued than people think. And also, I would point out, if you think his salary is too high, I would suggest you go Google what Jordan Poole does. Yeah. Now, (laughs) to the Miles Bridges point, Miles Bridges is a little bit trickier because he's got to approve wherever he wants to go. Now, there's been rumors, Jake Fisher, I know Jake Fisher reported that there's a good chance that they're potentially trading him. I don't know if he's actually going to agree to go anywhere. And more importantly, he's only making $7 million. It's a lot harder to match that salary when the salary is that low. So you would have to package him with a Terry Rozier or maybe even a Gordon Hayward if you're going to get something magnanimous back. But at this point, those guys, I don't think we're going to see any decision made on them until probably late January, maybe early February. But I don't like – I think two of the three of them stay, and if you, if again, gun to my head, I would probably tell you it's Bridges and Hayward, but I would not be surprised if all three were gone. But I, I actually no, I would be surprised if all three were gone. I would be surprised if Hayward's gone. The other two, it really does depend on what the package is. Not a describe. You are my friend. I appreciate your time. Thank you so much as always. I, I hope to talk to you before the holiday. If not, what is your favorite Christmas movie? Favorite Christmas movie? It honestly, Iron Man three. Iron Man three is un, like it's done by the same folks that did Lethal Weapon. It, again, it's done by that one is done by Shane Black. So, but for me, it's it's Iron Man three. It's the best one of the Iron Mans, and on top of it, it's one of the most underrated Marvel cinematic movies that there is out there. I just I have nothing at all to say. So I know. I, I know. You, if you so if you, anybody you, watched that. Anybody watch the video there? I immediately went to the table. Uh, okay. Adam, you knew I was going to throw you curveball. Good for you. Good for you. I'm going to ask that question of our next uh, our next victim. Uh, not a man. I'll talk to you later. Peace. Absolutely. Talk to you soon, Mike. I have no idea what I meant. <laughs> I, wait a second. That the, was a big curveball. That was. It was more than it. It was like a knuckleball. Because it ball. wasn't Die Hard. It wasn't Lebo that's what. That's what I thought. Yeah. I thought we were going to get... Uh, Die Hard. No, yeah. Nope, Iron Man 3. Very specific. (laughs) I got nothing for that. (laughs) So the reason I chose William Peace was because of their stellar game design program. It's very rare to find a game design program in the United States at all, let alone North Carolina. 
And this place seemed like the right place for me for where I wanted to go and the connections I could make uh, within the program. Turn your hobby into a career in one of the highest paid professions in the country with William Peace University's Simulation and Game Design Program. Master design, 3D modeling, and programming in a state-of-the-art space with the latest and most remarkable technologies available. Find out more at peace.edu. 